Good morning, Misfits. You are tuning into another episode of the Misfit Podcast. The Goon Squad is scattered on Thanksgiving week, so we decided to throw it back to one of the first times the entire Goon Squad sat down together and recorded a podcast. We're going to throw back episode to the Misfit Project podcast. If you guys don't know what that is, that was our health and wellness podcast that got rolled into basically what we do now every single week. Um, and this podcast is about stoicism. And while the aim of that podcast was absolutely everybody listening to it to get something out of it, there are some really powerful mindset tips and, you know, really just ways to think about life and approach your goals within this podcast. So um, hopefully you enjoy. If you guys do like these throwback episodes and you'd like to hear some of the ones that are kind of lost in the abyss in the archives, uh, let us know and we'll post. But without further ado, throwback misfit podcast episode on stoicism. Enjoy. Good morning, Misfits. You are tuning into episode 25 of The Misfit Project. I am your host, Drew Crandall. And today, Ted and I are joined by a familiar voice and now face. What up, YouTube? Oh, hey. Sherby Sherb. What's up? And across from me is the return of the prodigal son, Misfit OG, Hunter Wood. Good welcome, morning. Welcome back, Hunter. Thank you. Before we get into episode 25... We have a word from our sponsors. We sure do. That Manta word, Sleep. That word's from me. Mantasleep.com slash The Misfit Project. Ooh, it's just mis- Misfit Project. Yeah, I tried that this morning. It doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, when I was doing my notes. <laughs> Mantasleep.com forward slash Misfit Project will get you 10% off the best sleep mask in the game. Uh, Ted and I use this thing all the time. Every we night. love it. It's uh, one of those situations where normally you're looking for either fit or comfort or actually blacking out your situation. You can't find those three things in a sleep mask. That's not true. They have them in the Manta sleep mask. And it is a game changer. It really is a game changer. And it's probably at a certain point going to feel like spammy ad stuff, but it never is. We really use this product. We really like it. We just wanted to get you guys a discount on it. That's yep. about the gist of man to sleep being sponsored so sure Every night, especially when you're traveling man those hotels there's all kinds they're of lights never, in there they're never that dark you slap never. that man asleep mask on man different do, world do you remember the year that i hung my compression pants from the fire alarm yes i do remember that we were at the games <laughs> we stayed at hilton lax and when you walked into our room <laughs> there was just a pair of pants hanging from the ceiling and they're it looked weird off. because like you've got like obviously one leg's I just took the bottom of it and pulled it up over over to block the light, to block the light. But then so you had one leg here and then the other leg going down probably to like waist level. (laughs) You just like, they were probably like, are they doing drugs in here? But there's a lot of fitness and supplement. My supplements are all over the fucking room. We leave too. There's like the alarm clocks like unplugged, like under the bed because we don't want any of the lights and that stuff. So it's just like, what the hell happened in this room? Just. No lights. I just got to start traveling with like electrical tape and just like blot out <laughs> or a manta sleep mask and you don't even have to worry about it. It's true. Yeah, that's so, true. It's comfortable. It fits. It blacks it out. Done. It's great. Check it out, guys. Mantasleep.com slash Misfit Project. Yes, sir. So before we, I'm just going to keep saying this. We are in the episode. I got to stop saying that. It's very important for me to tell all of you, the audience, that you steer the direction of this podcast. When you when we make an episode and I get DMs and Misfit Pro, at the Misfit dot project on Instagram gets DMs, people share it, people talk about it, people are talking about it in our 
you know, our gym, that's when I know what you guys are looking for. And I have to say that I sort of screwed up a little bit and I'm like really proud of this little community because you guys are connecting with us on the deeper topics. And like at the end of the day, we have to go there. The conversations of health and wellness very directly related to like a protocol of sleep or food or whatever it is only takes you so far. That information is actually pretty damn simple. Yeah. This deeper conversation that we're having is sort of where we're trying to get to through that. It's like a mechanism. It's a, it's an opportunity to get your mind and your body right to a point where we can start to have these conversations. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I thought it was going to take a long time. I thought it was going to be some sort of like, I would have to create this system. And then there's a segue of like, now that you trust me, we're going here, but it's happened a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. And it's just really exciting for me. You know, we had, um, I don't know if one of you guys can pull it up on, on Instagram, but we had a, a, a post this morning. Um, and you, I can just tell when it resonates with people because it gets a, little, a few more likes, a few more comments early on. And I, I was going to try to paraphrase the quote, but I'm gonna... the gratitude one The quote yeah. is silent. Gratitude isn't much use to anyone. And when I see that something that simple yet profound in my eyes, you know, I'm choosing most of the quotes and writing the copy for it. It's like when I see that sort of reaction, I know that we can go there in these conversations because again, we're trying to change people's health and wellness, but also their outlook on the world. And that's sort of like a segue into what we're talking about today. So I've actually used that exact thing. Like Noel and I, before bed, will say like three things you're like happy for throughout the day. And a lot of times it's like, you know, that my dogs are healthy and that like I have a roof over my house and we get to eat food. Like it seems kind of silly, but it just sets you up in a good, like it sets a tone essentially falling asleep and setting up for the next day. Because if you're actually appreciating what's, you know, what's happening in your life and you, that you have a lot of things going for you, it's a way to realize that like some of your more like trivial problems aren't really problems or just little bumps in the road and you don't, you know, shouldn't get too hung up on them. Yeah. So I actually use this exact same, like, you know, three things you're grateful for every night. We, you know, it'd been a little while since we did it last, but we were doing it like pretty consistently for months and months and months. And it seemed to like make us both very aware of like how good our lives actually are, which, you know, is yeah. nice. And I think, I think having those conversations, whether regardless of the topic, just actually engaging is such a foundational thing for establishing like kind of w- whether it's yourself or like what you want out of life or Maybe it's smaller, like a smaller scale, like the topic you're actually discussing, but just having those conversations and being able to, to go there is, is just as valuable as, you know, the content that we release as far as like when you should sleep and why you should use the mask and like, you know, cold therapy and all that stuff. So having those conversations is. And and it, what it boils down to, you know, I, I picked up on something that you were saying about we're all really scared of being vulnerable with other people so you have the like this is cheesy and nine times out of ten it's that's not. how i felt for early on. i'm like why are we doing this this seems so stupid but then after a few weeks of doing it i was like no i get it now nine times out of ten it's not it's not cheesy it's not cheesy at all like people will will like notice like pleather or like shitty plastic whether that's a, a metaphor or an actual product yeah. from a mile away yeah. that's your 10 percent. the other the other 90 percent is what if i say something like deep and someone laughs at me or something like that and the point of these conversations in this community is to say 
let someone else who's not gotten here yet think it's cheesy and maybe even help them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Help them get there. Try to find your end. Like we always talk about. Um, it's just important for people to know that like our cheesy radar is either like full on like, Oh, ugh. I don't, you that's uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's no good. What, what is that? You're trying to sell me something. Yeah. Or it's like, man, what if I, finally say that one thing that i wanted yeah. to say forever so that and someone makes authenticity factor of yeah. just like not being afraid to say that and i think or, it brings relationship, relationships closer too like you're supposed to be you know your person you get married to or your significant other like just supposed to have some kind of connection with them and you have to be you should feel comfortable enough to have these conversations and you know they may chuckle at you every once in a while but for the most part it's bringing your relationship closer together which is you know i'm sure most people want is that deep connection with somebody else and this is a way to kind of build that relationship with another person sure yeah it's the it's probably good practice to have that conversation as well <laughs> because for me personally it's not so much what the other person's gonna think when i think of something cheesy i'm like ugh, i don't want to say that that's weird and creepy and yeah like why am i why am i digging that deep for something but like what why not yeah it could just be like we all have like so much fear of the unknown like the internal hangups exactly yeah yeah but the practice of doing it is no different than, you know, I love to, we always draw from the gym, but like the practice of doing it gets you into that m mentality of this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And like, I can do this and I can just get a little bit better. Like as I go, like we always need to, to know that we can reverse engineer situations like, like going through all of this and developing the misfit project. Like I believe in almost everyone now. Like I, they just need to almost, know almost. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> almost everyone. They just need to know that they can reverse engineer what they've done well in their life. Even if it's something that other people consider dumb, like you have, everyone has worked hard on something in their life. Yeah. And you can take that dive back into the topic that you were positive. You couldn't do. Yeah. Like I can, I can figure this out. I can reverse engineer the situation. I just, you know, I have to give a shit or I have to, you know, there's so many different factors, but so we are talking today about stoicism and we'll, we'll get into a little bit about the specifics of stoicism and maybe a few stories from, from us on the connection. Um, but I really wanted to draw it into a conversation um, with Hunter that I think is really important. So for, for me to just kind of get it started, I was searching for the practice of stoicism from ages like 16 to like 25 without knowing it. I had like issues with like temperament and like reactions to people and my interactions with people. And I knew that I didn't like them, but I didn't feel like I had the like wherewithal to like stop it. Didn't like the people or the reactions that you were having. No, I, I was not happy. Like I, I would have like the out of body experience where you act like a shithead. And then after you go, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. But I did it a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I knew that I wanted something to change, but I hadn't <clears throat> I had no way of like getting the ball rolling. And it was like for me, it was really dumb shit of like I had to stop listening to certain types of music because like give me road rage. And yeah. that's like how I got into listening to like acoustic, like, you know, like, like Joe college music, yeah. like that kind of thing. Like there's all these Joe weird, like things like, like I tried to make these connections. I read certain books that resonated with me, yeah. but like having that practice is like a really big deal. 
and the most important book that I have read in my entire life by far is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And he's sort of like an honorary Stoic philosopher. You'll see his quotes a lot through the Daily Stoic. Um, And that's actually how I made that connection to get into Stoicism was as I tried to learn more about him as a person, I came across Ryan Holiday, who wrote the books, um, The Obstacle is the Way, um, Ego is the Enemy, and we'll get into the Daily Stoic stuff, but that's he's behind a lot of that stuff. And Frankel was the Jewish prisoner, correct? Who who essentially freed himself in his mind and and therefore made him made himself more free than the guards that he was he was being watched by. Yeah. And his his whole thing that literally changed my entire life was that in any situation you can control your reaction. And like this is not conversation of free will like oh i can do what i want right cool, cool <laughs> like thanks yeah like literally the world is not happening to you these situations aren't happening to you like in any scenario yeah. you can choose your reaction and for someone who didn't like their reactions like i tried to think of every scenario i'm like yeah well what about this one and i'm like shit i still could keep my shit together or think of it as this way or that way and like it put an ultimate responsibility on myself to yeah. take responsibility for like, like I got to stop, like, you know, thinking I'm some sort of victim in all these scenarios. Yeah, and like, exactly. And it's insanely freeing. It yeah, has once- this like ability to like, be like, you get to like control your destiny in terms of your day to day, like feelings and emotions. Like, that was really important for me to like get this whole process started. This helped me a bunch inside the gym as like a coach in terms of like, you know, you don't know what someone's situation is when they come from the outside world and they may not see things the same way you do. or They may respond to a way that you don't think is necessarily the best way to go about whatever the action is or whatever's going on in class. And instead of flying off the cuff, which is would have been my older reaction as a you know newer trainer, it's now like, Hey, like see it from their perspective and actually take all the information before you make a rash decision. Cause I was very similar to what you were describing. Like I would have a reaction immediately. And nine times out of 10, after I like reflected on it, I was like, I'm such a shithead. And it still happens occasionally. Like someone will come to the gym and they'll be late and then they'll be talking and I'd be like, what are you doing? But who knows what their job was like all day. They might've been in isolation the entire day. And all they really want to do when they come to the gym is talk with somebody and blow off a little steam. And rather than being so like up in arms and like you're distracting my class, you remind them that we're having a class, but you have to let them enjoy their whatever they come to the gym for. And for them, it could be that re- social interaction. Some people come for physical like training, but a lot of those times it's like you have to see that from different perspectives before you make your decision. And to me, like taking a step back and actually like not rushing to judgment, which is a huge thing I used to have as a kid, is allowing myself to like actually focus and like breathe, take a deep breath, like count to 10 and think about it. Because uh, I feel like, helped me grow quite a bit in my personal like profession. Yeah, and I think one one thing that really resonated with me when I read uh, The Seven Habits, if you guys haven't, one of the habits is seeking to understand before On the being... podcast, you have to give people the whole title and the author so they can go find it. Although that one is so well known that... Yeah, <laughs> so Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. You, yeah, it's, it's you'll book. find it. Um, but yeah, just... Relating to you, Sherb, just like choosing to listen and kind of absorb what other people are saying and then temper your response to that. Because one 
one thing that I learned in my time uh, in the military is that things are never quite as good or as bad as when they're first reported. And that's like on, on a larger scale or even a small scale, someone comes to you with what seems like a huge problem and, and you want to seek to find that that answer or the solution immediately. Like you can usually take a little bit of time, absorb, kind of find yourself in that gap between stimulation and then what your response is going to be and and almost always make a better decision if you just kind of temper that that desire to like fix the problem with a little bit of thought and uh and just acknowledgement that like um, do, do, is this really a problem or is this just is this just a perceived that's, problem that's an approach i take with a lot of athletes that come in and it's that like you know be excited when you do well and but remember that there's still work to be done or if you have a really bad day like Remember, it's not the end of the world. Like you didn't lose your leg today. You just didn't do what you wanted to in the gym. Like, right. let's have a more even keel, like rational conversation about what happened today and use it as a point to build on. And this is something that Drew actually did with me for a while was like being really polar about either really high on something I did really, really well or being really, really down on something I did poorly. It's like if you live your life that way, you're constantly going through peaks and valleys. You're never going to be happy because you're going <laughs> to always be like on edge, like something else is going to go wrong or something else is you know, yeah. really great. And then you get, you know, reality slaps you in the face. You need to come back to earth. So, yeah. I mean, I just, for me, it's all about keeping more even keel, which is something I I struggled with early on. Yeah. And I think going, going back to what you were saying and with Victor Frankel and kind of that internal freedom, um, another thing that like people tend to seek whether it's in work or in life, it's just like, I'm just going to work. So I'm going to work hard enough. And eventually I just want to be able to move into the mountains or I want to move into my beach house and be completely a free and away from everybody and just be able to do whatever I want. And eventually if you, if you start to kind of study the, the concept of stoicism and just personal responsibility, you start to realize like you have that ability to do that internally on a daily basis. Like the, the most free you're ever going to be is inside your own, in your own mind, in your own body. And, and presently. Like, yeah. And presently. Yeah, for sure. So people, people just get wrapped up in that concept of whether it's physically or just like, I'm going to eventually not have to work anymore. It's instead just like maybe, maybe channel that energy internally and, and say like, wherever I'm at, like I am, I am free for we had the same conversation literally yesterday. I can think of a perfect example is that I told you that you know, I was going over to the other gym and I was going to build two bikes and that I used to love Legos growing up, but I freaking hate putting together gym equipment. And you're like, why don't you just look at it as an opportunity to be like, this is not stressful. I should just sit here and take my time and be calm. And I was like, God damn it, you're right again. Like that's, that's the, right, the easiest, that's, most fun and, part of your day. If and you have a stressful work exactly. day. Exactly. So it's like, I, oh shit, I get to build something over here. And so like, I went yeah. to the gym and I <laughs> traded it with that attitude. I'm like, I'm just going to go whatever pace is like, I mean, I'm not going to rush to put this thing together. I'm going to go slow, you know, follow the instructions, which is something I'm always like battling myself with. Like, I know how to do this. And then going like, no, I don't. I have to go back to the instructions. But like, it actually was pretty calming. And it was nice to be like, just take my time, put things together and, you know, solve the problem without getting irrationally angry about like oh i can't make the screw go into this hole like immediately like breathe or turn it the wrong way or no nah, like it wasn't lined up perfectly <laughs> lefty tighty righty loosey yeah that's the one <laughs> so like just screwy. taking a second and like not getting so high or low and being irrational is a like, problem it's like when we were building this place like we had a shitload of stuff to do but we just came in here every day it was fun and did it yeah at the pace we could do it and enjoyed our time yeah 
And like in the moment, that kind of thing, like building the gym, for example, is so stressful. But when you take like a step back, like instead of thinking it is something you have to do, it's like, like, holy shit, I get to build this gym. Like I get like we've we had the problem that we needed we needed to move to another gym to offer a better product, you know, and you can apply that. Yeah. wherever you want but right. like yeah. you have that opportunity you don't have to do that you get to do that yeah. you, when we laid that last mat and we stepped back and looked at everything it was like whoa yeah yeah it's crazy it's, and it's super easy to get caught up like when you're in the dirt and your hands are dirty just being like like why will this bench not build itself right and and you know it, it takes a lot of energy and effort to kind of step back and be like okay like this is going to be fine this yeah. is cool the I have it in my head and I feel like it's probably wrong, but I like can't get it out that the order that I found all this stuff in was so important. Um, like what was the order, Drew? The order. Well, I mean, we talked about the, the, the first part was the, the man search for meaning, just that responsibility aspect. Yeah. But then the, um, the concept of like bad stuff is good. Like that was really important for me. Not just like, cause I mean, who hasn't been hearing the quotes their entire life of famous people saying failure is the the only way that you can learn. Yeah. You have to feel that concept like in you yeah. for it to, for it to like make any sense. And like, there's no way to learn how to do things without going through learning how to do it that way. Yeah. So every single time something like that comes up, you're either learning a new skill or you're battling adversity and you're making yourself more resilient to, to anything right and it's just the awareness to identify like okay this this perceived bad thing happened to me like how and then choosing how you respond to that like yeah it's it's super easy to you know you posted a video or a picture like a flat tire like that's something easy to to get adversity upset training. and angry about adversity training right? oh, i can tell and you like, right now people do not like it when i say adversity training to them yeah. and they're pissed off <laughs> oh yeah yeah you get some athletes to do that <laughs> like <laughs> Man, in yeah, case you were wondering how to up. piss people off, yeah. just say adversity training when they're really angry. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> what did you say to Dave that one time when he was having a bad workout? What, oh, no one cares, just keep working or something like that. Yeah. He was so upset about it, but like it's at like, the end, he's I tell like, that to people just like, no in one different context. Yeah, no one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or when Seth Rant did his, his half Ironman, you told him like, just remember when you're like feeling bad for yourself. That yeah, no if one at cares, any point you start to feel cares. sorry for yourself, just remember no one fucking cares. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, it's one of those things where, like, he gets the opportunity to run a half Ironman or he's, you know, someone's in the gym doing a workout. Like, there are bigger problems and you get an opportunity to see that that happened. And now, how do we adjust? Yeah. It's just that maturity piece of identifying and acknowledging that this thing happened to me. Now, I I need to actually choose how I respond to it. Don't just naturally respond in the way that you have before. Yeah, don't be a victim. It's a hard. I really really find that with, with people on, like, some sort of like natural innate level that they're either really good at dealing with big problems or small ones. I, I always try to like identify with someone like, is this the kind of person where like if they stub their toe, we're fucked. Yeah. Or, or <laughs> is this, like or that. is the kind of thing if the new, if like bad news comes in, like real bad news comes in, we're fucked. Yeah. That kind of thing. So when you are looking at this from the standpoint of, not either beating yourself up or tooting your own horn. Like where do you fall in that continuum? And maybe you're kind of good at both, 
or really good at one or really good at the other. And that's where the growth can come in. It's like actually identifying, like we did the, we did the episode on self-improvement and so much of it is just knowing who you are. Yeah. Like being like a, like a ruthless, like evaluator of yourself. And that, that like attitude can, especially if you're in a position of, of leadership or power, like your response can have such a huge impact on those around and below you. If you're, like you said, if you're the type of person who, you know, who responds just up in arms about something negative and you just outwardly do that in front of everybody else, like what kind of message does that send yeah. or versus just being calm and being like, okay, like this happened. It's, it is neither good nor bad. Now we need to address it and fix it or, you know, do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, getting athletes to see, like, just again within the framework of the, the gym, getting athletes to see. We know you're going to talk about the gym shirt. You don't have to apologize <laughs> to be, for it. I didn't apologize. <laughs> you um, you addressed it. I addressed just, it. Just but, go. <laughs> but being objective about how things are going is a huge part in like my growth with an athlete. When I work with someone new, it's like you have to understand that like not everything's going to go your way, and you actually for your growth to get better, you want things to go bad. And like for example, someone's trying to learn how to climb a rope. The first few times they're not going to fucking get it right. They're going to put their hands on the rope. They're going to flail around. They're going to come down. But they had a chance after that to see, okay, that there's a step I missed. I didn't sit down on the box and learn how to set my feet on the rope. And that's the problem. And once I've identified that because I can't climb rope, it's not because the rope is just mean and evil. It's because I didn't take the time to learn things. Growth happens. They go, okay, let's take a step back, figure out what the problem was. How do I fix it and go back to it versus just being like, nah, I'm just not good at rope climbs. I'm just, just not going to do that. I can't do rope. Unfortunately, that stuff happens a lot with people in all walks soon. of life is like, I put myself out there. You saw it. I failed. Now, what do I do? I mean, you're going to assume that I can't do this and now I don't think I can do it. And like, yeah, there's, that's just such like a, a crappy feedback loop when that's how you get to the place where you're trying to go. Yeah. And especially if you get in like, uh, kind of the mindset that I think a lot of is, is a pretty pervasive problem in our like society in general. It's a very, things are either good or bad. Things are either right or wrong. There's just like that, that really, really damaging dichotomy of thing. You things are one or the other. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The world is triggered. Right. Yeah. I mean, instead of like good and bad is a completely subjective thing to everybody. And if you can, instead of like, instead of acknowledge some things as good or bad, instead just like acknowledge that they occurred or did not occur and then choose your response to that. That's like, I feel like that's like the next step. Think before and, you speak, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. Man. It's weird, right? <laughs> it sounds crazy. Yeah. The, the next concept here that I'm going to split it off into two pieces because I think people identify with each side of it. Um, it's just sort of more of a personal thing. There's the concept of like loving your fate. Um, the, the Amor Fati is what they use. I believe it was Nietzsche. I don't think it was an actual stoic philosopher. I could be wrong. I apologize if I am, but just talking about loving your fate prior to knowing what it is. Like you are just happy to be you and in your situation. And before it even comes up, you love it because it's either was good or you learn from it or you took some sort of valuable experience out of it, whatever it is. You're saying like acknowledging your fate in the sense that you don't have any control over it. Yes. Therefore you you, you don't need to worry about it or it's actually a step further than that. It's loving your fate because, uh, because you essentially don't have a choice not to, um, that's part of it. But 
there's just the aspect of like, I'm going to be able to turn whatever comes my way into positive. Right. That sort of situation. Yeah. Okay. And the second, the other side of it, the side that I resonate with more, and I have the necklace that tells me every day to remember my death, to like really accept mortality as a gift. Because if we were just around here forever and there was no end, and you just wouldn't do shit. What would like, what would the point right. be of yeah. any of this stuff? Yeah. And you know, I, I was the kind of little kid that thought about like being terrified of like dying. Like I'd lay awake at night, like at an age where you're not supposed to be so think about shit like that. <laughs> um, you know, why are we here? Like, uh, uh, <laughs> my childhood was weird in that kind of way. Yeah, that's real early to be asking the the why are we here yeah, question. I, I actually had a story to tell, but I'm not going to tell. It. It's a little polarizing. Um, so for me, that felt like that third point. Like it needed to come in that order for me because I learned one thing from the next, from the next. And that, that's sort of my story of like how this all resonated with me. Yeah. Like how did this all get started? Um, I mean, we've sort of touched on it already. Uh, what, I mean, are there any other concepts that like mean something personal to you guys that are talked about either through the Misfit Project, through, Stoic philosophers through any of the quotes, books, whatever. I mean, you gave me a couple books to read, and they're both from Ryan Holiday, the uh, Ego's Enemy and uh, Obstacles of the Way. But both of those had a profound like impact on how I felt about like my daily life in terms of you know if you have a hardship, you have an opportunity to react to it, and you can decide whether it's positive or negative. And that that became back on me. And I I also again fell into like the victim, like oh that sucks, you know. I got a flat tire on the way here. You know, the world's against me. It's one of those things where like, not really like just the bump in the road and you get a chance to learn from it. Maybe you weren't paying attention when you were driving and you drove over something you weren't supposed to, or maybe your, you know, tire pressure was low for so long. You never took your tires. Like little things like that are opportunities to grow. And for me, like, um, it was, I just reacted too much and understanding that like hardships are the way towards growth and becoming better are actually a good thing. Not a bad thing. It was a huge like philosophy change in, at least for me. Yeah. For me, it was before I even kind of knew what the concept of stoic philosophy was. It was, um, actually another podcast, which I don't know if I'm allowed to even say that. Shout it out. Um, now the, the survival podcast and the, uh, the individuals so who writes right it now isn't, I, I haven't heard of this. It's before. good. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of the, the foundation is, is like kind of a prepper, but not in like the, the zombies are coming kind of way, like actual realistic prepping. You, you live in the Northeast, so you should be prepared to be snowed in for two weeks. Um, but he extrapolates the podcast, um, into some, like definitely touches on some political stuff, but, um, and what drew me in was kind of his anarchist philosophy, which I don't know if I consider myself like a full anarchist, but the common theme is personal responsibility and just taking, um, just taking responsibility for your own actions, for your own health, your own well-being, and not expecting anybody to do anything for you. And you know, when he when he's talking about politics, it's within the confines of of the government providing things for its people and whatnot. But I don't, I don't want to get down that rabbit hole. But it's the idea that, like, ultimately, if if you don't take care of yourself, someone else is going to forcibly do it for you. Um, or someone else is going to have to look out for you because you're not taking your 
care of yourself. And I think us, this group, and probably the entire audience here has like takes a level of ownership amongst themselves, their own well-being and their own life that um, like really fits well with kind of the stoic philosophy. Like ultimately, like you are fully responsible for your own, you know, success or failure. It is nobody else's responsibility, even if other people have impacts on there. Like it, it can't be, it can't be anybody else's so responsibility. hard to learn and grow that way. Yeah. It really is because it's just not happening on a personal level. Yeah. And you know, we are here to nudge people, right? That's, that's a goal, but that's it. It's nudging people to then make that self-realization themselves. Yeah. I, I used to get pretty hung up when someone would leave the gym be like, I thought you liked it here. I thought you were into that. And then it'd be one of those things like, oh, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And I had to realize that like, I'm there to help you, but I can't make you show up. I'm not there to make you show up. Like I can help you if you're ready for it. But always I try to relay back to you. It's like, I'm here to take you on this path, but you have to decide that you want it or you have your why. So like my conversation with new people nowadays is like, you know, everyone comes to a gym for different reasons. You have your, I want to look better in a bikini. I want to be able to do five Ks. I want to do, you know, CrossFit competitively, whatever it is. If you don't have your why, if you don't really start thinking about why, why you're there, you're not going to be as likely to stay committed to it. So helping people take onus of like, this is your health at the most basic level or whatever your goal is, is super important to me that like, I'm here to help you find your why, but you have to discover what it really is. And that's I mean, a big step for a lot of people is figuring out what's the reason they're there. It's also hard if you, if you like identify as somebody who, who like does understand the difference it, you want to like share that with other people, but you can't force it on them. Like there's, if, if you, when you start to force people, like everybody's been there when they're forced to do something versus when they're, yeah. they, when they do it on their own accord, like a super simple example for me is reading. Like I, I didn't read in middle and high school when I was told to, but now I, I read like habitually yeah, and <laughs> on my own accord. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, you extrapolate that to anything like you, you can, you know, lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink kind of concept. And if we're going to be talking about stuff this deep, it's even more important. Yeah. Like you might be able to teach me how to use a screwdriver. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of thing. Like, but still it would make more sense for me to understand how to use it. If you handed it to me and said, well, something over there that this needs to, <laughs> you know, help. Sure. There's and, a bike over there. It needs <laughs> tightening. Put together. Don't get angry at it though. No promises. Ted, what does stoicism mean to you? What, what, like, is there a specific concept that grabs you? Is it the whole shebang? I, I think for me, stoicism is it more represents a, a realistic view of the world where you decide how you want to feel about a thing it's not somebody else has an effect on your life in a way that you can't control it one way or the other so i've always 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 been like a super realist almost to a fault where I will be encountering somebody that's having a very emotional reaction to something. And I'll just be like, what, why stop? Don't do that. Like, why are right. you crying? Why are you yelling? What's wrong <laughs> with you? Like calm down. Idiot child. The, the like cardinal <laughs> sin of telling a significant other to calm down when they're really angry. Don't, don't do that. But yeah, it's regularly, but it's, oh, it's <laughs> only, <laughs> but it's only because when I'm seeing 
what is upsetting somebody, it's like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. So for me, stoicism is more like it's, it's a realistic view of the world around us. And I'm not super well versed in stoicism specifically, but what I've seen of it through reading the daily stoic and, and, you know, philosophy classes in college and whatnot, it is that kind of like, you are the deciding factor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You like, you are someone I can, if I, I can insult you, Ted, or what, say something, say something nasty to you, but ultimately it's, it's your choice whether or not you choose to let that be actually insulting to you, you know? It's like, you can't hurt my feelings Yeah, because I've decided that you can't. Right. Exactly. I had a a bullet point to, to put down or throw out some sort of like intro to stoicism or uh, general explanation, but I think what we just did is more important because this is all about what it means to you. Like some people enjoy reading. Some people enjoy, there's some, some really good YouTube videos on this stuff. Um, that side, people get hung up on that stuff a lot. Like, like if you were to be a stoicism hipster, you are <laughs> by definition, not into stoicism because of that sort of energy you're putting out into the world. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So like being like, well, <laughs> did you read that book? Like, no, I didn't read that book. I don't want to. Yeah. Like that that side of things, I think people get hung up on that stuff a lot in these like subcultures, countercultures. Yeah. Like, but did you, you haven't read the yeah. 974th book by so-and-so? Well, you're out. Well, I mean, you, you even said it like in your journey, like you, you were thinking about these kind of concepts long before you probably knew, had any idea that stoicism was a thing. Like I... The I was personal responsibility for piece. to be in my passenger seat. Yeah. He just wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just speaking to you, whispering quotes in your ear. Man, that would have been awesome. That'd be so great. So now we're we're gonna start grilling Hunter. Um timeline wise, refresh me here. You were coming you were at Virginia Military Institute. You were coming home for summers and breaks and whatnot, and that's when you got connected with us. Yep. So I in the summer of 2012, I I had my CrossFit L1 and basically through a, the luck of the Googles, wandered into CrossFit MF, met Seth when he had a super grimy goatee and long hair. <laughs> <laughs> a good time. Um, and l- later on that summer, ended up coaching there, uh, stuck around. I graduated from, from VMI in 2013 and then... Uh, I graduated and commissioned as an officer in the Marine Corps, uh, but I had about a 10-month gap between... And that was 20, uh, 2013? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So from like so. May of 2013 uh, to early 2014, um, I was kind of in no man's land as far as uh, you know, getting ready to, to start my active duty time in the military. So I came back here and, and coached uh, until the point that I left and, and was as involved as possible in in Misfit Athletics and CrossFit MF. So setting the scene for for why I think this relates to this conversation is we started Misfit Athletics in fall of 2012. And by the time you were around and getting into it, you you sort of jumped into helping us create a culture and create this, you know, we were sort of the startup at that point. Um, and it was fun. It was exciting. Yeah. And 
you really like helped us start it and then had to leave. Yeah, it was it was interesting because I, uh, you know, I, I committed to the Marine Corps like my sophomore year of college. So I had about two and a half years um, to really kind of ramp myself up and get excited for this opportunity to lead Marines, which is which was the opportunity of a lifetime. Um, and then I have kind of a 10 month period where I'm I'm doing this CrossFit thing uh, with with some people that I really enjoy being around. And, and I'm like, like, oh, shoot, maybe this is like this is this is kind of what I what I want to be doing once once my time is up. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't like make that decision before because that, that would have been really premature. But right. Um, you know, as I left, I was like, oh, wow, like this wasn't it wasn't just like a good time and, you know, a job to do. And now I'm now I'm ready to start my career in the in the military. It was it was a little bit more profound than that. And I think so the, the direct connection is if the obstacle is the way, if your path from point A to point B is going through certain things that make you better suited for the other side. So you have moved back. Now you live here. Yep. You're in your f- first few weeks of, of being back. Um, what did you learn? Like, I don't, <laughs> what, what did you learn during that period of time where, you know, we know that there were periods of time where you were like, look at what these guys are up to. This looks fun. Like, like, like looking back at social media or having conversations yeah. with whoever, like what, what did you learn during that period of time that, even though those things were mutually exclusive then yeah like aside aside from like the all the opportunities and the the pretty incredible uh men and women that i got to lead and were led by in the military who taught me like so much who i now recognize were like basically stoics of their of their own time and in the military but they like in the grand scheme, it was more an identification that this, this isn't for me like right now, like I've, I've really enjoyed my time in the military, but what I've more acknowledged is that I need to be doing something that both I can, I love to do, can do, can do what I think is pretty well in like the, the CrossFit fitness, strength and conditioning, whatever community. And then, um, where I can make a difference, like, you know, I can impact, make a positive change in, in like humans in society, which might be a, a big step, but like, I don't give a shit, like make that the goal, you know? So what, what tools do you think that you have today that you did not have in 2013 as a result of your journey? That's a tough one could just be a tool it doesn't have to be tools i no, it's it's tools there are a lot of them <laughs> um i mean the one thing to say is that you are stoic by nature yeah like the definition of the word stoic separate from stoic philosophy you are stoic by nature so it's important that's that's where i'm drawing these connections from yeah yeah i mean i think the the personal responsibility thing that like i was introduced to that that podcast and kind of that responsibility by a friend who was in the military. So I, um, I obviously I wouldn't have had that opportunity without it. Um, and that led me down a deeper rabbit hole of just general personal responsibility. You, uh, and then in the military, especially as an officer, like you are 
completely and entirely responsible for not only yourself, but the people that you're leading, like anything that they do or fail to do, like is solely on your shoulders. Even if you have no, like, even if you realistically had absolutely no way to change the result, like somebody made a decision or did something and you like, you physically could not have stopped it. That's still your responsibility. Um, so kind of accepting that and realizing that things are going to happen that are well outside of your uh, your control, you do have the ability to respond to those. And uh, in I guess in, in the military, certainly you don't have time to kind of uh, to dwell and be like, man, I wish I wish things went the other direction. Like you just don't have time. You if something happened and you need to address it and and correct and either correct it or just move forward with with what uh you know what is going on i guess does that make sense it does like, yeah and the the like let's compare worlds the spectrum of feedback in a business like we are in versus feedback and what it means and how important it could be in the military those two right. totally different worlds so it's almost like you were given an opportunity to find out you know, what you're made of, like sharpen your teeth in a place where things are a little bit more serious. But when we draw experiences like that in life, we can then take them to what could be considered by some people, you know, either less important or just a smaller scope or whatever. Yeah. they. I mean, just like it's important to delineate that, like the military, like it, it's not helpful to say, like, your experience was more important or like had greater impacts or greater implications than somebody else's like um like yeah the, the military is certainly a a different beast and like there are there are certain real life consequences and and a lot of circumstances are literally life and death but the the lessons that you take from those are not very different at all from the lessons that you can apply to a business whether it's it's here like teaching people how to be better at at crossfit teaching people the stoic philosophy like there there are far more parallels than than differences like everybody is a human like yeah. <laughs> marines are humans too you know so they don't want um, people to know that though do they no that's <laughs> yeah that'd be a great failure so i want to touch on um the the concept of like re like really annoying stuff can be like the greatest gift in your development we're going to be talking pet peeves right now like things that happen in everyday life like i want you to just think of one each of you where you're like just triggered like are you are you fucking kidding me right now yeah like that sort of feeling who wants to go first i need to think so i can go first (laughs) i've got a few yes but but there is one that is very yeah very prominent it is the sound of chewing. <laughs> it is literally. You sex a hunter yet? When he's eating at lunch, worst thing. I mean, I know bad in the world. It's been so bad that I have gotten up from a table and left the room during a meal because of it. I don't know that there's anything that I can do about it. Well, we're going to talk about that. There is something we can do about it. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not convinced. <laughs> it triggers me to my soul. Yeah. Mine? Yeah. Uh, it's honestly be someone showing up late to class and then coming up to me and going, what do I do now? 
Well, you show up on time, number one. And two, follow everybody else. Everyone else is doing what you're supposed to be doing right now. Just go ask somebody. Don't ask me. Like, it's one of those things where, like, if I was late to a, to a meeting, I wouldn't go up to the person that's having me go, what I miss? Because if you said that, they'd be like, hey, asshole, show up on time. That's kind of how I feel about tardiness when it comes to, like, someone taking a class. Of course, I'm there to help you. And I'm, I, I want to be there to help you. But every time you're late, if you ask me, what do I do now? <laughs> that, that just drives me insane. And I just wish you would be like, all right, so-and-so's doing their on the rowing machine. They're rowing. Probably should just walk over to the rowing machine and go, hey, what are we doing? Not go, hey, what are we doing? I don't know what's going on. I'm late. It's like, <laughs> that drives me nuts. Right, calm down, Larry. Uh I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't think of a You're triggered right now. <laughs> I can't think You're of fired up. a specific, so specific like that, but I think it kind of I've relates. Seen it, I've yeah, seen you peeved. I've seen you peeved. I think, I think it's, it's a general, like, I guess lack of common sense would be the, the, the broad term for that. Like it's um, more of a sentiment. Like, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of people want to be told exactly what to do, when to do it and how to do it. Um, Instead of instead of taking like a little bit of ownership of what they've been what they've been told to do or what they what they have the responsibility and opportunity to do. So instead of, you know, be don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to make a mistake uh, with the realization that you're going to you're going to be you're going to improve yourself on the other side. So I guess probably the, the fear of failure. And because of that failure, people walk on eggshells when they're when they're trying to do something they need. You need a task. You need a you need a checklist of how to do things like like that. Ain't it like right? You, like hey, your, do, you, do I need to come over and put your pants on for you tomorrow morning? Right. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> where does it stop? Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. All right. What about so, you? What, what's your yeah? So, you're not getting out of that. I'm not getting out of it at all. Mine is um, Forest Avenue. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's a street that is in terms of connecting. We are sort of out in like the suburbs of Portland where we are this physical location and we are extremely close to downtown Portland in terms of mileage timing wise. No, you take Stevens, you hit speed bumps. No one likes speed bumps. It's bullshit. And again, this is supposed to sound stupid because it is Uh forest <laughs> Avenue with the traffic and now the construction and all of this stuff. So um, a lot of times when we're here, like there's there's a there's a distinct period of time in this building when it's slowed down and you can really focus on specific work. Yeah, it's about thirty minutes a day, <laughs> right in the middle of the day. So when you have an interruption and you got to go downtown for whatever reason, could be good, could be bad, and you're like trying to rush through something that you can't. It's not possible. It's not possible to rush from point A to point B in this scenario. You are going to get stuck in traffic. You are going to see that stop sign from that dude. And when he turns it slow, he's going to wave you on like he's, gonna do one of these. like he's waving home the dude to win the World Series. And you're like, I think I know what to do, pal. I'm trying to put you in my, yeah. I'm trying to put you in my psyche right now when they're like, come on, let's go. And like, it says slow. Yeah. So I need that check in my day. I need it. What, what do you mean check? I need, you need to sit in traffic to sit there and be pissed off <laughs> and then say, what the hell is wrong with you? You can't control this. Stop it. Internally, Internally. Not, not to traffic man. <laughs> no, right. he's okay. screaming traffic guy. Yeah, don't I need that. <laughs> he literally is controlled. That's why I said, that's why that day there's adversity training. Yeah. I 
threw my, I had to wait 45 minutes for AAA. I threw my camera over my shoulder. I went and got really good coffee. I took a few pictures. I sent out, like I set up some social media. I had like two phone calls. I don't know how it all fit in that period of time, but like, I was like, it's fine. Who cares? I guess I'm done for the day. I should go home. (laughs) (laughs) And like, check. I need that. That is really good for me. Yeah. It's really good for me to be put in a situation that I cannot stand so that I can like put some responsibility on myself. Stop being such a fucking baby. Yeah. Like I need that stuff. That stuff is really, (laughs) really good for me because we get this life is busy. The world is changing. We don't sit around and do nothing like people used to because, you know, you get home from work and it's dark and you get a fucking lantern and, you know, (laughs) Ethel's wearing a dress that's covering her from head to toe. Fucking Ethel. (laughs) Like, like. We've gone care we've, of the 15 kids. Yeah, we've gone a little too far <laughs> in our like, boom, 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 boom. Get this done. Go here. Do that. Like I need it. I should be listening to uh, an audio book or, you know, calling to check in on my wife or whatever. I need those periods of time and I need them to be bad in terms of what I would normally think as a worldview. Yeah. And then go, what do you do? Get it together. And then that's me saying, Get it together in general through everything. Think about your interactions. Yeah. Think about your responses to things. Yeah. Like and, it's, it's good for me. It's literally, it's really good for me to go through that so that I can be like, you still aren't where you want to be, but yeah. it's okay. And, you and if you're like first, moment. if you're like first trying to kind of adopt a more stoic philosophy, like actively putting yourself in those situations that don't have really many consequences can be like just really good practice. It's just like practicing something in a, in a, in like a safe exactly controlled environment. Like you, like, I know I'm going to go sit in traffic, but I know it's also going to make me angry. And it's, it's just, it's kind of like mental conditioning. Put yeah. your, put yourself in a situation. If you're, if you're just, you know, learning kind of to, to adopt a philosophy or a, a more stoic mindset, like put yourself in those challenging positions, challenge yourself to, to like, to make yourself a little uncomfortable and see how you respond to it. What are you right. laughing at? So does that, so does that mean Ted has to put headphones on of me chewing? No, it, it, it just, it just means, it just means that like what's, what's crazy is <laughs> what's crazy is I've been driving down forest Ave a bunch recently to go to a specific place yeah. and it happens to me every time. At some point in my journey, I'm ready to scrap. You know, <laughs> throw this bitch in park. Let's Get go. I don't even know who I'm fighting. I'm gonna start punching people's cars. You should start biking there. I should. No but traffic. Ethel's in the car behind you. Just like they're going up her window. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> they're, this guy the again. chewing is going to happen. Yeah, I know. The chewing is on its way. And it doesn't matter. That's the that that's where Can't that wait to eat lunch today. Lives. I'm getting sweaty just thinking. <laughs> and no, you don't go. You don't listen to people chew and like do the like uh, like Clockwork Orange thing. Exposure <laughs> therapy. Yeah, that's not what I mean. What I mean is is like, you know what? I am gonna sit here for another. Normally, I would say something and get pissed off or throw my headphones in or leave. I'm gonna sit here for another ninety seconds and chuckle and just go to another room. Like like, don't let yourself go to a point where it becomes more than it is you want you now want people to show up late so that you can practice empathy you can figure out why they might be late or hey i'm actually not equipped 
I'm a great coach, but I'm not equipped when people show up late. I think they're being mean to me. Are they? Did they think about you specifically? I've definitely matured quite a bit in that avenue by just realizing like people have busy lives. They're not doing, they're not coming late to be a dick. They're coming because they're like, right. I got to work late. A boss asked me for a, you know, a report last minute or like the traffic sucks. So I'm forced to have like, what's important to you is not necessarily important to everybody else. And you know, it's one of those things where like the end of the day, the, the gym is an outlet for both physical and mental health. Like people are just be coming in to socialize and interact with people that also enjoy this type of exercise. Like they may not be really care if they're a few minutes late and they miss one part of your like elaborate warm up. Get over it. It's one of those things where like now it's just like, all right, let's get you into class, get you matriculated, let's get to work. And then, you know, if you want to have a word with them later about, hey, just, you know, that happens again, just try to jump right into the warm up. You have one of those conversations. It's a mature conversation, not like, hey, shithead, why'd you show up late? Because that doesn't solve any problems. I like how the word of the day is shithead. I like it. It's one of my go to. <laughs> so, We've got uh, a golden nugget at the end of this podcast. Um, it puts essentially everyone in the entire world on blast. Um, it's something that I struggled with a lot as a kid. The fact that people are supposed to be teaching us, adults are supposed to be teaching kids how to act. And like a lot of it is just this simple stuff. It's, hey, you might not get your way. It's okay. You know, calm down. Yep. And then you watch adults act and you get really confused. You're like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, that's because we learn how to act through experience and it's never over. That evolution does not stop once someone stops caring enough to say something or feels like you're old enough to accept your own way. Like kids are usually better at that stuff than adults. Except that is so bad. Well, they, they get the lesson and then they try to implement it. And then again, they get yep. confused when they feel like, so what age do I have to be where I can start acting like an asshole again? Yeah. Like, when is it okay for me to start doing this? Right. Yeah. The answer is never. Right. It's never okay. But we, all of us, every person in this room and every person outside of this room in some way expects that from like, it's the whole like respect your elders thing. Like, I really struggled with that as a kid because I'm like, well, look, they don't respect me. Like they're, they're doing this and they're doing that and it's just okay. And like the, the like baby boomers answer to that was yes. It is okay. They've paid their dues. It's like you're paying your dues every single day. So these lessons that we're talking about are as basic as it gets. They are the things that people say to their children. There are things that coaches say to players or athletes. And we feel like at some point, like we don't owe that to either the world or ourselves anymore. And that's just so freaking wrong. We owe that. Every day we owe that and more than anything to ourselves to learn like how to act like, yeah, you didn't get that thing that you wanted. Like it really can be that simple. Like, you know, kids are like, why can't I have this? And you have to literally tell them like, sometimes it just goes that way. Yeah. Because I said so. Oh, that's a good one. I really like that one. (laughs) I'm triggered. (laughs) But like, like you 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 have to you have to accept that as a person and accepting that as an adult that feels entitled you know there are four middle class white men talking to you americans into a microphone right now like there's a level of privilege that we're probably feel entitled to certain things that we don't even know about yeah it's just so second nature in our situation like i'm perfectly fine with saying how privileged i am and have been essentially my entire life like that 
that doesn't give you the right to act any differently than any other person. No. And like if I don't want to throw throw sand at anybody, but like if if you are somebody who is not as privileged for one reason or another, there is still like ultimately your own personal responsibility that is in charge of of your success or failure. Like there there are certain circumstances I think that people are put in that that make it more difficult than others, but it's even probably more important for those kind of people to accept internally that they that they are responsible for their success or failure. And it, it it may be more challenging relative to, to someone else who maybe is sitting in this room or, uh, or anybody else who, who is given more opportunity. But like at the end of the day, like you are human, you're still born. You're the, you're the only mammal on the planet that has the ability to, to create like a reality in your head. And, and, uh, I can't, what, what's the, I can't think of the term for it. Just like, not imagination, but like consciousness. Yeah. Like, I guess. Yeah. We're the only, we're the only species with a prefrontal cortex that knows we essentially knows we exist. Right. And, (laughs) and is able to like, and is able to like step back and almost kind of create like an out of body type experience where like, you know, dogs and squirrels are just like, I'm in this moment. I can't everything. Everything that they do is is based on either their ancestors or what they've seen. Right. They're not like, I'm going to stop and make a different decision right now. Yeah. Like that's just not a thing that's there. Yeah. So I guess the like the take home for that last topic, if you've made it this far with us, thank you very much, uh, <laughs> is just the way that you either talk to your children or you hear other people or your niece or your nephew, those little messages of it's going to be all right. No, you can't have that, but it doesn't matter. Any of those. That's that's never ending. We're not we're not stopping once society has decided to let us off the hook, which yeah. is a, a huge crock of shit. And really, all I meant by the privilege thing was just that our worldview is skewed potentially in the wrong direction. We might think that there are just these basic things that we're owed that we're not. That if you went to some other place in the world and you were like, whoa, OK, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> things are well here. Yeah. And there's there's just no two people who have the same the same shaping experiences, the same worldview, the same opportunities. Like you can't, it, when you start to compare yourself to other people and like how, how you respond versus how they respond, like you're, you, you're, you're putting yourself in a deep, a deep dark rabbit effort. hole by just wasted effort trying yeah. to do that. Saying my experience is worse than so-and-so's cause you don't really know how that is. And a lot of times that comparison is just energy that could be used elsewhere that's more productive yeah. to me. It's just a waste of time. Yeah. That's why empathy is so important. It breaks down barriers that, we we put up ourselves Mm -hmm. being vulnerable being willing to say like i'm gonna try to figure out what your situation is so that i can understand where you're coming from and you'd be surprised how how good of a response you can get from somebody from just just don't talk to them and just listen to what they have to say don't interject don't try to fix their problem just shut up and listen try to understand where they're coming from and even if you don't like the acknowledgement of of their feelings and their position, like you, you're already, you know, in the, in the nth percentile of, of people who are going to listen to that versus try to fix problems or interject and compare it to their own experiences. Like just, just fucking just shut up and listen. Everybody could probably use a healthy dose of that. Myself included. Amen. Yep. I think we did it. Right. I think we did. Let's do our ending roll and then let's leave them with that quote. 
we're going to drop, we're going to drop a quote on you right at the very end. Yeah. So that was episode 25 of the Misfit Project. Thank you guys so much for allowing us to take the conversation in this direction. I think it's really important for us personally, for you guys, for the world, all of that stuff. Um, the biggest way that you guys can help us is by going to our social media at the misfit.project on Instagram, Misfit Project, just about everywhere else, misfitproject.com. Share this thing. Talk to people about it. That's the best thing that you can do. Hunter, what you got for us? So this is from one of the many books we referenced, The Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Um, pretty short read, kind of like almost broken up into like quotes, really short. It's super short, digestible. You can read one a day. You can read, crank through a bunch of the chapters. And that chapters. is specific to the, that's that book right there because you can you can buy his meditations. There's, it's presented in different ways, and that's a really easily okay. digestible form. Did not know that. Yeah, so this is this is my reading level um (laughs) it's a which is which is fairly low but the quote is and i actually don't even think aurelius said this because yeah it's from euripides epictetus i don't know i think you said that right that works yeah i don't count it go count count it uh so uh with the heavenward breeze at your back row cheerfully till you reach the far shore